This broadcast was sponsored by A Cat Called Monster, a book about a Singapore cat with a crooked tail. It's available from Amazon. Hello, this is Leslie Schaefer, and this is How the World Looks from Singapore on Friday, March 16th, 2018. These are the major headlines I'll be talking about today. The iconic Sim Lim Square may put itself on the block. Prime Minister Lee Hsien Lung is in Australia. Legendary Hong Kong business titan Lee Ka-shing is retiring shortly before his 90th birthday. An investment bank has said that U.S. President Trump's tariffs will hurt U.S. automakers and could even push them to move production to Canada or Mexico. Also, the Trump administration finally imposed sanctions on Russia, and the White House's revolving door for top aides is about to take another spin. Singapore's iconic technology mall, Simlim Square, is trying to join the flurry of collective sales across the city-state. The mall's 462 shops are individually owned, and the owners must vote on whether to put the sometimes infamous mall on the block, possibly for as much as 1.1 billion Singapore dollars. Around 60% of shop owners attended a meeting to vote on whether to pursue a sale, with an overwhelming majority voting in favor. At least 80%, though, must agree for the mall to put itself up for sale. And then a buyer must still be found. But owners could receive between $1 million and $60 million each if a sale is successful. That's according to a Today newspaper report. While the mall is known for bringing together a large number of technology retailers, it has sometimes had a spotted history, with periodic complaints that customers have been overcharged. In the markets, most Asian stock markets ended lower, with the Straits Times Index down 0.2%, Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index edged down 0.1%, and Japan's Nikkei lost 0.6%. In Europe, the Eurostox Index was trading slightly higher, and in the United States, futures were nearly flat, offering few cues on how Wall Street would open. That was after the Dow Jones Industrial Average finished higher on Thursday, but the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq had edged down. Traders have remained jittery amid political chaos in the White House and fears over U.S. President Trump's protectionist policies. In economic news, Singapore's non-oil domestic exports, or NODOCs, posted a surprise contraction in February, falling nearly 6% from a year earlier. Alvin Liu, a senior economist at UAB, said the main drag was a drop in exports to China, which he attributed to the Lunar New Year holiday. He noted that combining January and February, which is a common way to try to smooth distortions from the holiday, no docs actually rose. In business news, Hong Kong's richest man and legendary business mogul, Li Ka-shing, announced his retirement as chairman of his company, C.K. Hutchison. Li, who dropped out of school at the age of 15, is the 23rd richest person globally, according to Forbes. His company's businesses are diverse, including property, retail, and transportation. The 89-year-old Li will hand the reins to his oldest son, Victor. Also in business news, Toys R Us Asia said the company is still expanding and its more than 400 stores will remain open. 
That's despite its U.S.-based counterpart announcing this week that it will be shutting its doors for good and liquidating its assets. The Asian company is a joint venture between the global Tours R Us company and Fung Retailing, which is a unit of Hong Kong-based Fung Group. That's according to a Straits Times report. In Australia, Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull used the first summit between ASEAN, or the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, and his country to offer a strong defense of free trade. He said that trade must be done with, quote, strong and transparent rules, fair and open competition, and non-discriminatory legislation. Turnbull added that open markets and democracy have led to worldwide growth and prosperity, and he called protectionism a dead end. Turnbull didn't mention U.S. President Trump by name, but this month the United States imposed harsh tariffs on steel and aluminum imports. Turnbull also said Australia and ASEAN would work to create international standards to improve digital trade. At the summit, Singapore's Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong said that ASEAN would continue to pursue regional integration even as other economies appear to be turning inwards. Lee said that ASEAN was working to open up markets and co-prosper together. At the same event, the CEO of Singapore Wealth Fund Tomasic, Ho Ching, who was also married to Prime Minister Lee, said that in addition to pursuing profits, businesses must also fulfill their responsibilities toward creating a, quote, fair, equitable, and sustainable future for all. That's according to reports in Channel News Asia and the Today newspaper. Investment bank Nomura did an analysis of how U.S. President Trump's tariffs on steel and aluminum would impact automakers in the U.S. Its conclusion is that GM and Ford would feel the biggest bite to their earnings. Foreign automakers operating in the United States, such as Toyota, Honda, Nissan, and Hyundai, wouldn't feel as much of a hit. Nomura expected the tariffs would result in a 0.25% increase to the price of the average mass-market vehicle. But the bank added, U.S. automakers would be forced to swallow the additional costs without passing them on to consumers, as that would hurt their sales volumes. The report noted that the goal of the tariffs is claimed to be to raise domestic metal prices to levels profitable enough for U.S. producers to increase production and hire more people. The bank said that means that giving some countries exemptions to the tariffs could lead to hikes in tariffs for countries without exemptions. There's also no time limit on the tariffs or guidelines for when to end them. Nomura said that means the protectionist measure could become a political hot potato shoved onto a future president. The tariffs could become a persistent long-term drag on the earnings of U.S. automakers. Nomura said that the effect of the tariffs may spur automakers to change their production locations, at least as long as the NAFTA trade deal between the United States, Canada, and Mexico remains in force. Ironically, another of Trump's hobby horses has been manufacturers moving production out of the United States, and still another of his pet peeves has been that U.S. automakers can't compete overseas. Raising their prices will make them even less competitive. To be sure, other analysts have noted that U.S. steelmakers are essentially making the same amount of steel that they have for 30 years, but because of automation, they now do it with far fewer workers. That means it could be a long wait 
for the tariffs to spur hiring at U.S. steelmakers, or as we say in Singapore, tan cuckoo. You can read more about the Nomura Report on shentonwire.net. In regional news, the 92-year-old Mahathir Mohamed, who was Malaysia's Prime Minister from 1981 all the way to 2003, told Australian television that the current Prime Minister, Najib Razak, wants to remain in power forever in order to enrich himself. Mahathir is also running in the next election, this time with an opposition party rather than the ruling party, in hopes of retaking the top job in the country. Mahathir has said he has returned to an active political role after the scandal of the Malaysian state fund 1MDB. That's according to a Malaysian media report. As much as 4.5 billion U.S. dollars is believed to have been misappropriated from Malaysian state fund 1MDB, the case has sparked money laundering probes in at least six countries, including the United States, Singapore, and Switzerland. Malaysian Prime Minister Najib Razak, who was the chairman of the fund's advisory board until 2016, has denied wrongdoing. In Panama, Lawyers for the Trump Organization allegedly threatened a local judicial official handling a dispute over the Trump family business's management of a luxury hotel. That's from a complaint filed with anti-corruption prosecutors in the country. The complaint said that lawyers from the firm representing the Trump business accosted a justice of the peace in her office after she ruled against Trump's business on a minor issue. She said the abuse continued even after she called the police to defuse the situation. Trump's lawyers dispute the claims in the complaint. That's according to an AP report. Earlier this month, a Panamanian court issued an order allowing the hotel's owner to oust the Trump organization as the manager, ending a long-running and dramatic battle, which included allegations Trump's company was shredding documents. Despite being fired, the Trump Organization had refused to leave the hotel. The Panama Hotel's owner is still pursuing the Trump Organization for a $15 million payment, alleging that the organization's, quote, utterly incompetent management drove away guests and hurt profits. The dispute put Panama's court in the awkward position of ruling against a U.S. president. It's an ethical and diplomatic tangle that Trump's critics and ethics groups have repeatedly warned about. In the United States, the Trump administration imposed fresh sanctions on Russian government hackers and spy agencies. That's in response to Moscow's interference in the 2016 U.S. election, as well as for actions in Ukraine and other countries. The administration also said that Russian hackers were targeting the U.S. energy grid with malware. Analysts said, however, that the actions were mostly symbolic and that a number of the individuals and groups had already been sanctioned. The U.S. sanctions follow condemnations from France, Britain, Germany, and eventually the United States for a chemical weapons attack on British soil, which targeted a former Russian spy. Britain has accused Russia because a Russian-made chemical weapon was used. That's according to a Washington Post report. Separately, British newspaper The Telegraph reported that the chemical weapon may have been planted in the suitcase of the former Russian agent's daughter before she boarded a flight from Moscow to London. In the United States, the White House's revolving door for high-level aides 
appears ready for another spin. President Trump has reportedly decided to remove H.R. McMaster as his national security advisor and is actively looking at potential replacements. That's according to a Washington Post report, which cited five people familiar with the matter. Trump reportedly complained that McMaster's briefings were too long. The report said that may be part of a broader shakeup that Trump is considering, something that has apparently deeply damaged morale among staffers and left them fearful. To be sure, the White House press secretary took to Twitter to issue a denial that McMaster was on the outs, but the Washington Post said it spoke with a spokesperson at the White House prior to publication, and they did not dispute that the president had made the decision. The report said another recent firing, that of the president's longtime personal aide, John McEntee, had also deeply unsettled staff. McEntee was marched out of the White House this week after he abruptly lost his security clearance, which may have been due to a gambling problem that was viewed as a security risk. If McMaster is ousted, it would come within days of Trump firing Secretary of State Rex Tillerson over Twitter, reportedly without so much as a phone call first. None of this is what would be taught in a management school about how to create effective teams. This has been Leslie Schaefer, and that's how the world looks from Singapore on Friday, March 16th, 2018. This broadcast will be on hiatus next week while I'm in Hong Kong to cover the Credit Suisse Asian Investment Conference for ShentonWire.net. Have a good weekend.